Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome back to Fourth Down Focus, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I am Dan Lundy, host of the podcast and founder of Fourth Down University, a company focused on the training and development of specialists and coaches. July is underway and it's a great month for sports. If you're into sports betting, Bet Online is where you can find it. From the NBA and NHL playoffs to baseball's marquee matchups, Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today at betonline.ag or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, check out Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Episode 41 of the podcast welcomes Jacob Tillman, former long snapper for the University of Florida. Jacob Tillman walked on to the Gators football program in 2015 and earned his role as the starting long snapper to end his career. Tillman attended Mainland High School in Daytona Beach, Florida, where he was a two-sport standout. Jacob played tight end and long snapper in football and served as a team's pitcher in baseball. He was a four-time SEC academic honor roll recipient, earning his master's degree in sports management. He is currently working for the Bench Craft Company in Sarasota. Jacob, it is a pleasure to have you on the show. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing awesome. You know, it's Monday, the new week, uh, kind of get to go and get back after it. I started working out again this week. So, uh, you know, a lot of stuff is happening and, you know, always excited to get back to it another weekend after a good weekend. Yeah. Like one thing I failed to mention in the, in the introduction is I've known you for a long time now. Could you let the audience know you moved here from what age from Ohio? Yeah, I moved here. I think I was 14 when I moved here. Freshman year, uh, the end of my freshman year of high school, I moved uh, over here and met you that summer. And we've been training together ever since. So, yeah, it was back in like, I think 2012, maybe the summer of 2012, 2011. It's been a while. Yeah, that sounds right. Cause you're a 15 grad, but you know, I, I love having people like you on the show, people I've known um, almost their whole lives, at least, at least in their football lives. So it's a pleasure to have you. And I think it's going to be great today to talk about some, some really interesting things from the transfer portal to NIL to, to all these things that are in the college football world now, but I'd, I'd really like to start the show um, talking about your particular recruiting story, uh, perhaps how you found an opportunity at UF could you share how you took control of your recruiting and perhaps some of the positive and negative experiences you went through during the recruiting process? Uh, yeah, of course. So if you guys don't know me, my dad was a football coach growing up my entire life. So I kind of knew what the recruiting world was like. I knew uh, what it was for coaches to contact you and kind of how that whole thing went. But believe it or not, I was a big baseball kid in high school and wasn't really focusing on recruiting and wasn't really uh, you know, big into my recruiting. Other than you, I, you know, I came out and I worked with you all week at practice. And then I trained with you on the weekends. Uh, me and you made film for myself and did stuff like that. 
uh, kind of just to keep me ready when something did happen. You know, I was I was at a good spot at Mainland. You know, we were a nationally ranked like high school football team. We were very good. We had a lot of good guys that were here. Uh, Jakai played played with me at Florida. Uh, guys like that, I knew were going to come in and they were going to bring coaches in. Uh, there was going to be coaches walking through the building that were looking for specialists, but their main agenda was another guy. And I wanted to make sure, you know, that I always had something ready for them. I was someone that did well in the classroom and really, uh, really prided myself to do well in the classroom. So then my other thing all I had to do was just make sure my film was ready and I had what they wanted to see ready for them uh, kind of at their disposal. And that's kind of how things went for me. You know, they had guys coming in from multiple schools, uh, would talk to guys and then they would ask, Oh, yo, you have any specialists or something like that. And you and coach Wilson, uh, our high school football coach, he would, you know, be like, Hey, we have a long snapper and stuff like that. And they'd ask for film and we'd have to go get film. We'd have to do anything. All that stuff was ready for them right there. And I got to talk to a lot of, uh, a lot of coaches and do a lot of stuff like that. But of course, when someone like Florida came rolling in and I got an opportunity there and they didn't have a snapper, actually, when I came in as a freshman, we had two freshmen, me and my friend coming in uh, to compete. So that was something that, you know, I, I kind of backed off of a lot of recruiting early because I got honestly lucky. I wouldn't say I was lucky because I was prepared. Uh, I was prepared for something like that when people came through that I got a great opportunity and I, I think I took full advantage of it and kind of went after it. Yeah. And I want to just, you know, you're, you're pretty humble right now, but I will say this and we talk about this often on the show, um, specialization, you know, uh, I'm so glad you didn't. And uh, that's pretty much been our monster and our theme on this show is for these young specialists listening, these 15 year old, 16 year old kids that are super athletic, that may in fact have a good opportunity to, to snap or kick or punt in college. Do not give up the other sports. I think what was most appealing about you was the fact that you were a good tight end. I mean, you were a tight end for us. You were a snapper for us. And by the way, you were, you were an excellent pitcher, probably the best pitcher on our campus for a couple of years. So that was appealing to me. And I think that appeals to college coaches is versatility because it shows that you were a leader in another sport um, and you were a leader in another position, even on your team. So I really commend you for that. And I think that in addition to that, obviously you mentioned academics and we're going to talk about that a little more later, but I really think that all of these things add up, you know, when people say the little things make the biggest of differences, I think collectively you did everything right. You said you didn't prepare, but I think you prepared daily and you didn't really worry about it. You just showed up, did, did your job and you manage your time well, which is going to be a question I ask you in particular at the end. Um, but no, I thank you for that. And we were actually working together this weekend at IMG. Um, we had a, an event Saturday called the Elite 400 and you helped me lead the snapping component of that. And we were talking about, oh, shoot, we have a show Monday uh, we got to prepare for. And I like to ask my guests prior to recording that, like, you know, what's a few talking points that you that you would want to talk about? Because I think that that that's most important. I have a, a number of things I throw into a script when I bring a guy like you on. But one of the things you mentioned first was learning the value of time as a student athlete and as a person. So I want you to explain this and how time management is an essential skill for not only student athletes, but for all of us. Yeah, this is something that, you know, I, when I get, when I talk to other athletes or uh, talk to other coaches or something, this is something I always find myself hitting on. It's something I always find myself talking about. And it's something I still use. Uh, these values are something that I use in my day-to-day -day life. You know, uh, I think about is I'm someone that I value my time a lot and I can't stand when my time is wasted. It's one of my biggest pet peeves. I'm not a fan when my time is wasted by other people or 
when I'm somewhere I don't want to be and I don't take advantage of it and I'm kind of in the poor me's and stuff like that. So, you know, when I get into like a bad mood or I might not be focused, one thing I always try to tell myself, if it was like football workouts, for instance, it's like, all right, I'm here for an hour. I'm signed up for this. This is my life. This is what I'm doing. I'm here. I showed up. It's time to get to work for an hour. Don't do the poor me's. Don't try to survive. Go out there and get the most out of where you're at and what you're doing. Don't waste your time. You know, um, this was big for me in workouts. It was big for me in class. I, I, I always say I did so well in high school and college because when a, when a teacher put a piece of paper in front of me and said that it was homework and it was due the next day, most of the time I had it done before I left class that day. It was something that, oh, I'm going to sit here for the last 10 minutes of class. Let me go ahead and finish this or do it in the next couple minutes at the beginning of my next class. So then my time is more valuable when I go home and I was able to go hang out with my friends and go do all this stuff. And I wasn't turning in homework late and all that stuff. I didn't have to worry about it because it was already done. I'd already managed my time well enough to give myself a lot of free time, which is someone I'm someone that's big on free time. I like I'm very social. I love to go do things with my friends. I love to travel. You know, I love to do all those kind of things. And I think managing your time is something that allows you to go do stuff like that. Uh, something I really still use today. Like I said, this is something, uh, you know, I work in eight to five right now. It's a desk job. Uh, it's not something I love, but it's something I'm really good at right now. So, and it's kind of in a filler spot for where I am in my life, but, you know, showing up at a desk, uh, I'm a guy that wants to be outside in the sun and playing sports or playing golf and something like that. So, I do get in the poor me sometimes where I don't want to be at my desk or don't do anything that then I remind myself, look, you're here. This is your job. Let's do this. You're here for what is it? Seven hours throughout the day, eight hours. Let's go work, work my butt off so then I can make the money I want. So then when my free time is there and I've managed all that, I don't have to take any work home and I'm free to go do what I want. And I've put myself in that position. I think that's a big note of it too, is just always trying to get yourself in a position for you to succeed, whether it's in life, whether it's in the classroom whether it's with a job hunt or job experience, whether with anything like that, just putting yourself in a good position. Uh, you hear football coaches say it a lot. Their job is to go out and put kids in a position to win and kids to be great on the field. And I think part of that as a student athlete is putting yourself in a position where you're on top of your stuff. You've got your stuff handled and you can really focus on, you know, giving everything you have to, to football and to things like that in your life because uh, you don't have a, lo a lot of other things like dragging you down. An observation I made with you at a young age, because I remember you used to get on our guys at Mainland High School when I was coaching at Mainland about their efficiency. You know, you guys want to hang out on the bus after you guys want to do this this weekend. Like, dude, you have four hours in the day that's typically available to, to do whatever you want with. You have you have four elective classes, let's say. And in your art class, you might have to draw a cow for 10 minutes. Well, it's a 50, you know, it's a 51 minute period. Mm -hmm. Jake, Jake Timmel went and grabbed the bag. He pulled out the two or three core subjects he had to do that night and he got it done uh, little by little. So by the end of the day, like you said, it's a seven and a half, seven and a half hour school day, four of which you probably had um, your choice of what you wanted to do. You, you utilize that time well. And I think the important thing of what you probably do and you may not realize is you have a power of presence and meaning I think that your mind is present in the one thing that you're, you're attacking for that specific hour. I think a lot of people are guilty of this because of the cell phones and all these distractions mm -hmm. we have. They want to multitask and do three or four things in that particular hour. And guess what? That's only a fourth of our brain that's going into that thing. And it's dealing with four other things in that same hour. So nothing's really getting done and especially not getting done well. 
Uh, I think that's a skill that you've acquired. I think you've built that through UF because you have to have that at a school like UF. You, you, your time is accounted for whether you want it to be or not. And that, and now going back to the mindset, I think you realize I signed up for this Florida Gator thing. I signed up for these 15 hour days. I signed up for the, these late night travels on Saturdays and these Sunday morning rehabilitation or lactic acid mm-hmm. jogs and all these things add up and, and you've got to, you've got to be positive about it. Cause if you're not, and you're not positive about your desk job or you're not positive about your situation, um, that's on you. And, and it's going to be a negative situation because of your mindset. So I really cannot thank you enough for touching on those things because I think they're so important. In fact, I think they're critical to success and I don't care. It's not just football. Um, I want to shift the focus to, to football though, where you weren't, you weren't a starter right away. Uh, you walked on at Florida, you were a preferred walk on, meaning you had a guaranteed roster spot, meaning they, they definitely had a plan for you long-term, but by no means you had to earn it. You know, this was not a gift. Uh, so let's talk about that. you, you made the most of every opportunity, um, both on and off the field at Florida. I mean, based on your academic performance and, and leaving as a starter. But what do you believe to be the catalyst in going from a walk-on to a starter in a major FBS program? Well, I really think it was what I did with those three years before I did play. Uh, you know, I didn't play football for three years. I got to tackle people in my – I didn't even get to tackle anybody at practice in our own jerseys and stuff. It was just two-hand tap all the time and drills and all this other stuff, and I never got to go. But no matter – I was always traveling, and that was one of the things I think helped me a lot. Uh, I was always around the team, and, uh, you know, not playing wasn't something I wanted to do. Obviously, you want to go in there and play and stuff. But I took advantage of – I saw I saw kind of the hindsight of where I was. I was at a top 10 public university in the country for academics, a top 10 sports program in the country. And I never let the fact that I wasn't on the field right then and that second really discourage me. Because then you see a lot of guys that they waste a couple years. They waste two or three years until, like, the guys ahead of them or the guys that are starting leave. And then they start busting their butts and they start wanting to give it all. See, I wasn't one of those guys. I was someone that – you know, and I credit this, I have to give a shout out to my, one of my good friends, Ryan Farr, the guy who played over me at Florida, you know, I think part of that is mine and Ryan's relationship that we had, you know, we were, were best friends, but we also came out there and we competed with each other. We wanted each other to get better. Ryan knew that as soon as he, if he messed up or something or got hurt, I had to step up and be ready. And we both had that team mindset of we want the team to do well and stuff like that. So, you know, we made sure I was always working. I was always trying to get better. I was always trying to help him get better. We were watching film at the house. We were just doing things. And, you know, I think just my, my preparation throughout those three years, uh, I didn't slack off. I didn't just wait my turn, like, and just kind of let the time go by. I really took advantage of that time. I, I really took advantage in the classroom. I got, I got way ahead. You know, like you said at the beginning, I was a four-time SEC academic honor roll. You know, I had I had a three seven five at Florida graduate, got my master's degree. I really boosted myself ahead in the classroom. I was instead of getting down about the football field and letting it affect my life, I was like, hey, well, now I got a little more time for class and a little more, a little less stress from football. I can really go, you know, show up to my tutoring and give it their all and uh, give my homework and my exam studying and all that kind of stuff. So I feel like the really just a big thing for me, what made me ready when it came time for me to play, you know, my fourth my fourth year, my fifth year uh, was just the, the work I had put in for three years. I sat on the sideline and I was itching, ready to go in every single game, ready to strap my helmet up. If anything would have happened, I would have went out there and I would have put on and made my team successful. And that was something that I think, 
you know, helped me just be who I was and take advantage of uh, the opportunity I was given when it came time for my number to be called. There's something you said that I think that we've never talked about on this show, and I, I think I want to go right to it, is the fact that Ryan Farr was in your position group. He was older than you. Um, he had the starting job as you entered campus, and I walked into a similar situation. There was a guy two years ahead of me, and I had never had to compete for my job, at least in football, um, since my freshman year in high school. So this was four years of something I, I, I felt, wow, I felt kind of threatened. I, I didn't know how to act around this guy because I thought he might be thinking he's here to take my job. Well, of course, of course we are, you know, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think everyone knows that if, if you're a quarterback and I'm a quarterback, well, one of us isn't going to be playing. And usually there's six guys in the room that want the same job and there's one of them. Um, there was something or there is something to be said about that relationship. And I don't and I will not be someone that's going to mislead anyone listening that there is some ugly times in competition, uh, especially if you think that you're outperforming opponent X and opponent X has your job. And I, I think coaches um, are not going to give away a position of power or relinquish a starting job because of a few good practices by the uh, subordinate. I think that the younger guy, the guy that needs to earn the starting job, probably more than likely has to prove it for almost a consistent semester. You know, we're talking 12, 15 weeks of outperforming opponent X. And I think that's where the disconnect often occurs with these young kickers, punters, and snappers that go into a four-year FBS institution is they think that if they have a good week in, in August, freshman year, uh, maybe I won't have to redshirt. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't see that happening for very many. I think it's extremely rare. I think it's a one in 10 scenario. I think you're very fortunate if you do. So I love what you said is I think you probably realize very quickly that, you know, this guy is going to be in my room every day. This guy's going to be in film. This guy's going to be in the field with me. We're going to be in individual periods together. Um, I'm just going to, I'm just going to work with him. And it sounded like, yeah, we lived together. Oh, wow. (laughs) I saw him. I saw Ryan. Yeah. We lived together for four years at UF. I, I was with Ryan every single day. So it was something we never let off the pedal or like if one of you's having a bad day in the weight room or something, we didn't even have to say anything to each other. One of us would just hop on the bench, throw another 25 pounds on there. And the other person would see it. And they're like, all right, it's time for me to get up and get out of this little poor me's and get back to work. It was just something that that chemistry we built, just being around each other all the time and competing on and off the field. And also just having fun with it was a big thing. We just had a ton of fun while we were there. Yeah. And it's just awesome. I think that in short, would you agree that if you don't know how to compete, you will not survive in college? You know, I, I, I just don't think there's oh a thousand percent and it's not just football, right? I mean, you were in university of Florida classrooms and it's competitive there too. Um, it's a big world and people, people are hungry, you know, and there's just not, there's not enough to go around simply put. And it's just, it's, it's neat though. I think that football complements that, you know, I think football is now going to teach you how to compete in the corporate world as a professional. And I just, I'm so grateful for my experience, both on the field as a player and now as a coach, because you know, I, I get to take the messages that I thought were most important and deliver them again to people that are that are going through similar situations 20 years, you know, earlier than me now. So I'm mm-hmm. thankful for that, man. And I'm going to shift the focus to a, a recent kind of a current event. You know, there's the NIL, the name image likeness. And uh, with that, you know, students seem to be getting more and more empowered with each passing year. Um you know, a couple of years ago, the, the sexy term was the transfer portal, where it kind of gave people more leverage, people as in players more leverage to say, 
not happy with my current situation. I'm going to put myself out in the market. Um, I imagine, you know, you considered transferring a few times at Florida when you were waiting your turn to start for the Gators. Could you share why you didn't transfer during this transfer portal craze and, you know, how that left an eventual opportunity for you? Yeah, you know, that was something, I mean, the rules have changed a little bit uh, over the years, uh, the last couple of years to really help the athletes and stuff. That transfer portal came out my junior year and it was uh, my sophomore year, actually. And it was something I really looked into. I actually, I looked into it with my parents. I didn't say a lot to a lot of people. I kind of just looked, I did my research, which is somewhat something I do with a lot of the things that I find interesting or that I think are opportunities for me. I will silently go do my research on my own, gain my knowledge, and then kind of make a decision. And, you know, one of the things I talked to my dad about, he was like, was, he was just like, all right, well, I get that you want to play, but what other benefits, what, what kind of benefits are you going to get from going somewhere else? Like you're going to get, cause you're already three years in, you've already made these connections. You're already three years into a degree from a, a top public university in the country. What were your benefits going to be? What are the, what's going to outweigh your time at Florida compared to somewhere else? Like what's really going to, give you a better opportunity to succeed in life. And that was something we talked about a lot. And me and my dad kind of went back and forth on, and, you know, we kind of worked out that I was at a good place. Um, I was, I'd never wanted to run away from competition. I did never want it to seem like that. Cause you know, with the transfer portal, transfer portal and everything it is, that's sometimes what it seems, even though it's not always, it's a great thing for got a lot of guys to go find a new home, find a good fit for them. There's also some guys that, you know, may stray away from some competition if they, you know, if they get knocked down a couple of times and, you know, things aren't going their way. And I, that's someone I never wanted to be in life. That's someone I never wanted to be in sports. So, you know, after kind of going through with my dad, I decided that like I was in a good place. I was at a great opportunity. There wasn't really anywhere else for me to go and gain a whole lot more than what I was getting at Florida. And I still was right there. I was, I was one play away from playing. I was one play away from doing all the dreams, from getting everything I wanted. And, I, and that was something I didn't want to give up. I, I was constantly chasing that taste and chasing uh, the, the opportunity to go step back on that field. And there's, I mean, the, the, play, the University of Florida is just a special place. You know, running out of that tunnel is something. It's something I never wanted to give up. I wanted five years of it from when I came in. I uh, didn't want to do four, didn't want to do three, especially uh, I wanted five years of it because that's a special place and it'll always be a special place. I think in my heart and, you know, anybody that has the pleasure of going to a university like that and uh, really like love sports. So, yeah, I just, I feel like the, the portal's a good thing, but I always, uh, I think guys should just stick it out. Obviously there's situations, everything's situational in life. Things come up, things happen. And there's uh there's you definitely need to do your research is what I'll say you need to do your research don't just do it because everybody else is transferring and there's so many opportunities because it what if it doesn't work out for you and what if working out what if you would have stayed and stuck it out for a little bit what if that would have worked out for you I mean there are options you definitely have to weigh you have to do your own research and uh, I think I think that's a big thing with the NIL and all that right now I I, uh, I want to make sure a lot of these kids are doing their research on the stuff and doing the, making sure they know the rules and they know these companies and they know what they're getting out of them. Uh, so yeah, a big thing is just making sure you do your research so you can make the proper decisions for yourself and put yourself again in that good position to go out and be successful on and off the field. I love what you said about not quitting uh, because you, you know, you don't make that a habit, you know, ha- had you, turned it in and transferred to a school that may not have quite the reputation, probably still an FBS school. 
And you probably would have lost a few credit hours and you probably would have graduated on time and maybe even gotten lucky enough to have a, ma a master's included if you weren't slowed down. It sounds like you you weighed all these options and it just didn't make sense. And I think that's the unfortunate thing that a lot of kids don't hear are all the negative stories that were related. You know, I, entering the transfer portal doesn't guarantee you the other end is going to reciprocate that need. Uh, I've heard a lot of kids say, you know, I, I thought once I entered, I'd, I'd be super marketable and there would be a dozen schools in need. And there wasn't a lot of thought put in. And I think it's a very important um, thing to think about. In addition to, yes, the NIL, NIL, because this is this is five years of your life and it comes and goes very quickly, as you can probably attest. Uh, it, it's 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 like a blink of an eye and, and it's gone. It's gone forever. And I hope that experience you made the right decisions and you only have a few big ones to make. So I love that you put the thought in and took the time. And I think if anyone could hear anything that we just said today in the show, I think that's most important is be very careful and cautious with your college career because it's fleeting. It's here one day and gone tomorrow. And I think that you did just that. Um, I have one more question. Uh, many high school players obviously have the aspirations of doing just that, playing for the Gators, playing for the Florida State Seminoles. I can't believe I just said that. but Yeah, I can't either. <laughs> just came out. It cut that piece uh, out. <laughs> but uh, no, just period. Playing FBS football, I think, is the ultimate goal for most. And I, and I think that, yes, you did have a dream school and you were lucky enough to do it. So was I. But I, there, there was probably 30 or 40 schools I'd, I'd have been very happy to go play for. Mm -hmm. It just, it just didn't work out the way, but many realize, or don't, I should say many, these kids, they don't realize that there is so much work required to succeed after you get this scholarship. Uh, I see a lot of kids get complacent in springs of their senior years, or I have some kids now, a couple of my juniors have gotten offered this summer and it scares me because I see it being handled one of two ways. It's either handled as a motivator uh, I think you got right to work when your focus shifted completely to snapping after you're like, I'm going to Florida. I think you shut baseball down pretty quick, mm -hmm. but I think, I, I think I see a lot more complacency like, Oh, well I've done the work now. It's now it's chill time. Now it's playing football. Now it's going to class meeting my, my new wife. Uh, could you explain the demands of, of having to balance football um, the requirements of it with school, family, friends, internships like just the college life of a student athlete and and how much work there really is after you get that scholarship yeah and a, a lot of this you know i can I go back and attest again to my dad being a football coach and kind of i grew up around sports and i i grew up with like the mindset that comes around football and a coach that my dad was trying to teach these kids that he's these young adults and these young men that he was doing he was also taking those lessons and giving them to me and one of those lessons he was also obviously constantly telling his offensive lineman that he's coaching is that this is still your job. You came here, you signed up. This is a job. This is not, this is not fun time. This is not leisure time. It's supposed to be fun and all that. You're supposed to have a good time and make memories, but it's your job. You are here to do a job. Now go do your job. And I think that's a big thing that a lot of kids like forget. They forget that it's a job, especially, I hate to say it, but like us as specialists, you know, our days are a little slower at practice. You know, there's a lot more me time and a lot more downtime. There's a lot more time for you to think about uh, going to do other things, or maybe even if you're one of the lucky specialists who gets uh, all your periods at the beginning of practice, and then you get to go enjoy the rest of the day, uh, you got to be that guy that sticks around and, you know, does your job and go gets the extra work. And just because the team required it and you were there for that, that, that doesn't cut it sometimes. And, you know, like I'm saying that, that focusing on that, it was your job. School was my job. Football was my job. And all the other stuff was, 
stuff I had to take care, I had to take care of my job before I could go enjoy the other things. I think it relates a lot back to that stuff I said about time. Um, Cause you know, you hear it all the time and you, I mean, guys write papers on it and they say it all the time. Like guys were advocating a while before the NIL came out that you're working a full-time job. I mean, you're working 50, 60 hours a week in the locker room, in the training room, on the field, you're doing a whole lot of stuff and you got to realize that's your job. You're doing all those hours and you're doing that stuff. Uh, that's what you really got to, you got to keep that in your focus, you know, whether it's making a note for yourself or setting some goals or maybe writing something on your mirror, kind of just always reminding yourself like, Hey, I signed up for this. What would I, if I'm over here messing up and slacking off and not doing like my work and not really training as hard as, what would I have said to myself like in high school? Like if I'm, if I really wanted this position and I really always wanted to be here and now I'm here and I'm not taking advantage of it and I'm wasting my time and I'm not doing it. You know, that's something that you are going to be mad at yourself in the future for You're, you're going to be very mad at yourself in the future. If you don't take advantage of your time, especially playing college sports, there's nothing better than it. I mean, there's no matter where you are, what you're doing, there's not, not a better four years or five years of your life that you can do than go play a college sport somewhere. Uh, the values, the lessons, the networking, everything you can learn from sports at that level and the way it'll prepare you to be a professional and the people you'll meet, no matter what level you're at, it's kind of something that you got to keep in mind. You got to just, you know, stay on it. And uh, that's kind of something that I always kept in mind. That's what helped me like, succeed. Uh, but one of the things you also talked about was balancing, you know, because I'm like I said, I'm one of the guys that likes to go do lots of fun stuff. Uh I actually worked a job for four years while I was in college. I was a walk-on. Uh, I like to do, do a lot of fun stuff. And my parents helped me with my school and I had money from Bright Futures and all that. But I was my parents weren't going to pay for my spring break. I wasn't going to let them do that. I wasn't going to let them pay for my summer trips. So I had to squeeze in a job and balance a job with all that. I was working late nights at a bar, like doing stuff like that. But balancing, uh, balancing school, football, your social life. And then me, I had to balance a work life in there too. Uh, it's definitely not easy. And I think you have to constantly remind yourself uh, what's like leisure for you and what's your job? What's net, what's most important to you? What are your goals? What are you trying to get done? Um, like I always knew I wanted to be good. I wanted to, I didn't want to let my teammates down. I didn't want to let my coaches down. I didn't want them to, you know, call my parents and say that, hey, yo, Jacob's over here slacking off. I wanted to wear my last name like proudly on the back of my back because I wore it all over campus. And I wanted to be, you know, proud of that and proud of what, people said about me behind closed doors. And I think kind of balancing all that stuff and doing all that um, helped me kind of just set things in order and, you know, find relevance and find the importance of each thing and still get the best of all those worlds. You know, I got to go on summer vacations and spring breaks and do all these fun stuff. Uh, but I also played football all five years. I got to do, I had to do, do it all. And, but I, I made time because I did well in the classroom. I didn't set myself back. I did all the other good stuff. So then I was in just a great place to go do everything that I wanted. And you had to make sacrifices. Mm -hmm. If I could sum that up, I, I think that, yes, you had all these commitments, but you had exponentially more things you had to say no to, I'd imagine. Correct? Yeah, for sure. Friends are always constantly doing stuff around campus. Like I didn't get, we didn't get to a lot of do a lot of campus events or like go places with uh, so and so and do all that especially during the season and stuff when we're giving up a lot of our time and we uh college your time goes to like recovery on your body and stuff and a lot of stuff you're doing in college is in recovery on your body and you had to give up a lot of that time and you know instead of going to hang out with my friends tonight and go to the movies or go somewhere or go to the bar or do that 
I'm going to go in here and watch film for two hours. I'm going to put the Norma text on my leg. You know, I'm going to do some, I'm going to do a cold tub. I'm going to go get a little workout in, get just an arm pump and get, do something, go stretch, do something. It was just kind of making sure you knew that end goal, you knew what you wanted to do and then make that sacrifice. When it, you had both options in your hand, you weigh them, you have to kind of know which ones align with your goals. And that's the ones that you'd normally choose. This was awesome. I mean, I, I think that this was important to hear. Um, it's not, I don't want to lecture kids. I don't want to, I guess, dissuade them from, from following your path, but I do want to make people realize because if they do, if they do choose to do these things like play FBS football, I, I really want them to be prepared for, for how much of an uphill climb this is, especially initially. And then once you do get the starting job, there's even more expectations on you and there's even more distractions thrown at you. Um, so you just have to be a resilient focused individual I think especially nowadays to succeed in the college level especially at major college football so I want to thank you uh, for joining the show Jacob and if you don't mind would you share a few ways the audience could reach you directly if they had any follow-up questions yeah of course yeah I'm, I'm super active on my social medias uh, all my my Instagram and Twitter is mostly where you guys can find me I know uh, Twitter's big in the recruiting world and a lot of the guys are putting their tape and stuff on Twitter so if you guys want to reach out to me, both of my handles are jtilly34, and I'm sure those will be posted in the, in the link with this and stuff like that. So yeah, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, don't, don't get upset or anything. If I don't respond right away, I do a lot of stuff. I'm busy, but I will respond and I will eventually get back to you because I do care and I do want to share my experiences and want to help other people You know, learn from what I did and what I went through. Well, this means a lot to not only me, but everyone at Fourth Down Focus that you were able to share information that can and will benefit both performance on and off the field. Please give us a five-star rating, a review, subscribe to the show and share it with a friend. If you have questions related to the podcast, suggestions for future topics or guests, or if you have feedback for the show, you can reach me, Dan Lundy, in several ways. My website, fourthdownu.com, has endless resources for specialists and coaches. On social media, my Instagram and Twitter is at 4th Down U. That's 4-T-H-D-O-W-N-U. And on Facebook and LinkedIn, you can find me by searching Dan Space Lundy, L-U-N-D-Y. Thanks again for joining us at 4th Down Focus, presented by Bets Online. We'll see you next week with an exciting new guest. I hope 2021 is still treating each of you well. And remember, in all things, give thanks. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.